Good morning, this is Ryan Hedrickson. I'm the Dean of the Graduate School at Eastern Illinois University, and this is our second podcast of EIU Innovate, where we highlight uh, all sorts of wonderful achievements on the campus of Eastern Illinois University, focusing quite a bit on graduate education. And uh, it is August 23rd, 2017, and uh, my second guest of this program is Dr. Heidi Larson. And I'm so happy to have her here with us today. Uh, Dr. Larson is an outstanding scholar on campus. She is an associate professor in the graduate program in counseling and student development. Um, She has a very active publication and research record. Um, She's published about two or three articles per year for the last five years. Um, She's presented research at well over 100 different conferences and professional venues and so much of it has been done with graduate students, so I'm really excited to talk with her about that. Um, This year, she is also, she and her, one of her students is the recipient of the Provost Research Assistantship, which is a very distinguished award on campus which helps us recruit top-notch students and oftentimes results in community engagement and publications with students and co-authorships. So she is a real star on campus, and I'm very, very happy to have her with us today. So, um, Dr. Larson, welcome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm happy you're here, and uh, I think this is going to be really fun. Um, so tell us a little bit about your research agenda. What are you up to right now? What's your research interest? And um, Tell us what we can expect over the next year or so. So five years ago, I was on sabbatical, and we began a mentoring program called Believe It or Not, I Care at Mattoon High School. And most recently, my research interest has been about mentoring that program. Uh, Specifically, there are four teams. There's a freshman mentoring team, a transfer team, a grief team, and a peer tutoring team. And what we're looking at is the changes that happen from freshmen with the influence of upperclassmen. And then this last semester, we really focused on the students who are mentoring and where they are today after high school. Okay, so you're going out there with to the Mattoon High School, and you're looking at uh, all this range of students from freshman to senior year and you're using graduate students in this research? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are four EIU graduate students there and each of them lead one of the respective teams along with they have, they have, they're completing their school counseling internship at the school as well. So they kind of have two purposes being there. Okay, and I know you've got a forthcoming uh, publication, The Power of Peer Encouragement. Is that research coming out of this program that you have at Mattoon? Yes, what we found is that There's a lot of mobility today with students and transferring in and out of schools. And we wondered what was the assimilation like for a high school student and how can we make it more successful? And so I have upperclassmen actually training and mentoring and encouraging those students who come into the school. And so we're looking at what's the transfer student, uh, the upperclassmen, what's their experience, what is the new incoming student look like, and then how do we support, encourage, um, students as a whole community. So what are you finding? What's your made finding when you send your students out there, they engage with these high school students, what seems to work and what is it about mentoring that's having a positive influence or maybe there's different kinds of mentoring that seems like it 
works better than other strategies? Yeah, there's a couple interesting um, findings. So first of all, we recognize that the magic is having an upperclassman just care about a freshman. So as a result of a freshman connecting with that upperclassman, their, their attendance has increased from their eighth grade year to their freshman year significantly. In addition to that, we have more freshmen going out for extracurriculars, which we know is important. They need to uh, engage in the school in order to have a successful, hopefully four-year experience at the high school. Um, also, the discipline infractions, so those students who are coming in late, they have a detention, all of those have decreased for freshmen as well. So we're finding some really significant results for freshmen. And on the flip side, my very first semester looking at the upperclassmen, they rated their leadership style, their leadership skills, excuse me, significantly higher in August. And when we looked at them in December, we found that they actually lowered. So I thought there was something wrong with the research. And after some qualitative findings, students actually had a challenge with recognizing where their leadership is. And so when they were leading students that were different than them, they found that that was much more challenging and they needed more encouragement and support versus a captain of a team. Those were easier ways to lead yeah. than with students who looked differently. So how about the senior leadership? Do you have to train and mentor the seniors when they're working with the freshmen? And uh, how does that work? And are your graduate students involved in those kind of activities? Absolutely. So we have a three-day leadership training institute in the summer. It's mandatory for all the juniors and seniors to come for three days. Um, we have modules that the graduate students teach. We have keynote speakers from the community, people that we recognize as leaders, CEOs, presidents of companies that come in and talk about some, some of their adversity with leadership, some of the ways that they grew. Um, in addition to that, we create an environment where these hundred and junior and seniors actually collect, connect because they come from all different organizations and cliques in the school. So we need them to be a strong, unified group. So those three days of leadership, and then as the semester unrolls in the fall, we actually have monthly meetings, and then those who still identify as struggling, we create a small group for them that's led by our graduate students to just give them additional support and encouragement um, and some training. Okay, and so in the introduction, I noted that um, you'd received the provost research assistantship, and I remember part of that application that I reviewed dealt with this program. So what's that particular student doing this year, and how are they building upon and strengthening or sustaining this program? So one of the things we're interested in is some of our juniors and seniors are really strong leaders and we want to know what differentiates them from some of them that are struggling like let's say for example a student who's shy who's maybe parents sort of said hey I think you should become a leader but they're struggling and so what we're looking at this year using the grit scale is there any differentiation based on grit their level of altruism and their level of commitment because we all sort of have our own ideas of what those three things mean to us and so um, what his role is going to be is to help us collect data. He's actually going to be part of the interventions, be part of the groups, and then come in with also a, a clean set of eyes, an objective lens that hasn't been part of the program to also offer feedback to where we might change and continue to grow. This is really exciting research. I mean, it's really interesting because you're first you're generating publications out of it, so you're you're. Uh, contributing to the scholarly research on this, but it's having such a big community impact too, which is really wonderful. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, currently we're sponsored by the Rotary Club, and so they're just business um, members and leaders, and they really want our young generations to become leaders, and we know that that happens through experience. And not only do my interns, my graduate students, help create leaders in a high school, they're also developing their leadership um, as a parallel process through this um, research. Well, very interesting. So I mentioned earlier that you have a pretty long list of publications. Um, do you have a favorite publication over the years that uh, you're particularly proud of or maybe you had a great research finding? So. Yeah, before I sort of jumped into mentoring, uh, my focus was on test anxiety and specifically, can we help young kids learn to deal with some of that anxiety? And um, in 2013, I was actually featured in Time Magazine and my mom has been a Time subscriber forever. And so she was, that was her most proud moment, I yeah, think. Yeah, very for nice. Uh -huh. Yes, and, and my gift was the copy of the publication for that month along with the month that I was born. And it's framed in my home office. <laughs> and so that, that was pretty special. Yeah. My mom read Time also. Mm -hmm. I think maybe, maybe moms just read Time. I, maybe, maybe that's their deal. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that's really cool. That's, that's wonderful. Um, so you've, you've done all of this work at the Mattoon High School with graduate students. You've also published and done lots of presentations with graduate students. Tell me about that. How does that work? Why are you so successful with it? What is it about it that you particularly enjoy and how has it shaped your research agenda? So when I first came to EIU as a tenure track professor, the part that made me most nervous was research. And my mentor here on campus, a veteran professor said, why don't you encourage your students to get involved? And so not only has that been incredibly enjoyable, but it's also helped open doors for my graduate students. So some of them are not confident speaking, some of them have never presented. And so to do it as a group has not only encouraged them, but also cultivated some of their own strengths that sometimes they don't even know that they have. Um, and so that's been a really important part. Um, and that sort of s just expanded into currently, I teach the internship class in their third year in internship. My whole class presents at a state conference every year. And they, they do really in innovative um, things at high schools that change the way school buildings work, that impact culture, change students' lives. And so each year they get to showcase that at a state level with other counselors, teachers, principals, administration. And on rare occasions, it actually opens a door for a professional position. Very nice. So, and given that you write so much, I, I like asking this question, but um, <laughs> when do you write? You know, are you a nighttime writer, a morning writer, or what, you know, when, when, do, you, when do you do it? I usually write at the office. I have three small children, so it's less distracting there. Yeah. Um, in addition, when I collaborate, whether it's with a peer or grad students, um, they kind of keep me accountable. So we create a timeline. And um, so I think the most effective and productive way is in the office um, and usually in the morning. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think my best thinking time is in the morning also. I have a harder time. So don't ever send emails at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> That's when I start making mistakes. Uh, okay, so tell me a little bit about your graduate program, Counseling and Student Development. I mean, what an interesting field where you're training people who are gonna be out there in the community impacting, I guess, primarily high school, but maybe middle school or elementary school 
people's lives. Um, tell me a little bit about your graduate program and, and uh, also how do you measure your success of your graduate program? So in our particular program, we actually have two tracks for counselors. So you can um, have a concentration in clinical counseling or school counseling. Um, I advise and oversee all of the school counseling internship in their um, program. Specifically, what makes us special, in my opinion, is that we have a cohort model. So the school counseling students, somewhere between 15 and 18 of them, stay together and they move through their two-year program um, collectively. And so they really get to be close to one another. Um, in addition to that, um, I think the success comes from when a student identifies where do they want their career path to go? What's their niche? Because in our particular program, they actually become dual licensed, and that's very unique. Um, they will have a school counseling license titled the PEL, Professional Education License, but they also can sit for the licensed professional counselor. So when they leave, they will actually have a choice to be housed in a school, much like what you said, or they can choose a position in the community, at a hospital, um, so there's many opportunities. So when they find their niche where they really want to change and impact lives, that's when I feel like they're succeeding. Yeah. Talk about these school counselors. I think, you know, I also have three children, my wife and I do, and I think that school counselor job is just really a challenging job. Mm -hmm. You either have one end where you have maybe uh, – parents who are pushing the school counselor to help and get involved and in managing that. But another way, you have students today where there's a high dropout rate in you know different parts of the state or the country. So it's like a range of sort of these high-end, uh, I don't know if that's the exact word, but sort of helicopter parents who are, who are demanding things and maybe on another end where there's parents who are not present or, you know, so just tell me about this job today. It's really seemed like it's just has a range of different challenges. Yeah, the American School Counseling Association has created a model that they really want school counselors to sort of um, adhere to. And what we found today is that it's not just about academics. You know, of course, transcripts are important, scheduling, helping them get to colleges, but it's bigger than that. It's about the whole student. It's about you know their mental health, it's about their wellness, it's about their physical. So they are charged with a pretty heavy task and, and it also changes per each principal. Yeah. So they sort of craft what that position would look like. Right, they're probably always responding to, and there's lots of turnover with principals today. Mm -hmm. So their job changes depending upon what their administrative superior wants of them probably. Yes. So yeah, that's, a, that's not an easy job. It's such an important role, mm -hmm. in, especially when so many students have a range of needs. Yes, yeah. yes. And one of the things we really try to emphasize emphasize in our program is that it's about the relationship. If you create a relationship with those children, those students, they will come see you. Regardless of what their issue is, they will come to you. And that's a really important role of a school counselor. Mm -hmm. So how about, I know you've done a little research on what new teachers should expect. So what are you seeing in that area of your research? Yeah, it's been, it's been fun to have the opportunity to meet with students who are launching into the teaching career path. And there's, I think some of the important pieces that my graduate students can impart is issues like poverty that some of the teachers have never experienced or they're not ready and able to address that. Um, mental illness today, we know anxiety and depression is incredibly, um, it's impacting so many lives that 
um, exposing them and helping them understand what is some of the mental illness issues that they will face when they walk into the classroom. In addition to that, the rise of suicide, unfortunately. And we know that teachers are sometimes the best um, people to not only identify, but then help that child get connected with resources and support. And so that preventative piece that's part of our profession, um, working with teachers that are um, going to be into the field, that's, that's one of the best ways is to help educate them and prepare them. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned anxiety a little bit, and I know your other research area in a couple years back was on the test anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I guess I can relate to this a little bit, given that I have one daughter who's now taking the ACT for, you know, just, we won't name the number of times, but anyway, <laughs> she's doing it again. And I know your research is on this. So what do you advise of people who are taking that ACT or SAT? You know, how do they, how do they manage that? And everybody wants to prove their scores. What advice would you give? to those students or parents? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a couple things. Number one, um, something really simple like deep breathing. It sounds sort of you know too basic, but this is what students can do in a desk. They can do it privately by just taking a couple deep breaths. This is sort of help reset. Um, I also think being gracious with yourself during the test, so if they start to feel overwhelmed, which impacts recall, um, just to sort of take a deep breath and relax. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we found most helpful is that when you're able to chew gum, have a mint, do something with your mouth in order to help deal with some of the anxiety and, and stress, especially when you're studying, and then to obviously apply that during the exam. Um, people have done that for decades um, and have been incredibly successful, and we found that true as well with the ACT scores, that there actually was an increase um, in the ACT score when those students trained while chewing gum and then actually took the exam chewing gum. Yeah, gum works, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about I mean, you and your entire graduate program actually have excelled in many ways, and you just seem to have a very strong graduate mentoring culture in your graduate program. How do you explain that? What's going on? I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned the graduate cohorts. I mean, so that's probably part of it. Is there, what else is in the water in the counseling <laughs> and student development program? I think as faculty, you know, we're trained psychologists, so I think as faculty we really believe in the one-on-one, so making sure that there's time with students. Um, We also pair our second-year students with our first-year students, so every first-year grad student gets a mentor in the program. And so they have a kind of a go-to person when they have questions about a professor, exams, uh, maybe just feeling overwhelmed being a grad student. So that's sort of already created for them. So this is a this is a graduate faculty mentor? A graduate second year student. Mentor. Oh, it's a student mentor. Okay. Yeah, through our organization, CSI, they actually get assigned. Um, so that sort of helps um, just right out of the gate. They get that assigned the first day they're on campus. Hmm. Um, I, I think the other part that helps with mentoring is that, to me, if you model mentoring and support and encouragement, students will then go out and do that. And that's one of my professional goals for all of my students is to go out and create relationships and support and encourage them. So when we create an environment in our department that does that, they're more likely um, to learn how to do that and what it feels like so that they can go out and, and pay it forward. Okay. So what's your big next thing this year? I mean, I know the Mattoon Project and is is probably foremost in your mind, but. Um, 
Do you have publication goals that are coming out of this? And do you have other research agendas that you're kind of moving for? What, I mean, what is Heidi Larson, what's mm-hmm. she going to do this year? Yeah, I think uh, my next goal, I'm writing with um, another colleague currently and two students. And basically our next goal is, uh, is a qualitative study based on um, the last four years, the students who have left Mattoon, um, that are all now either working or in college. And what we want to know is, does anything happen with Bionic and the mentoring program? Is there anything that you took with you as a junior or senior? And how has that impacted your life specifically so that we can continue to tweak the program that we're running? And the, the research uh, has been fascinating and really exciting when interviewing those students. Um, from the beginning of, I actually went out and, and got a job and I was able to interview and had a lot more confidence and I obtained a leadership position based on my experience to a student who got a full ride at a local university. Mm-hmm. So. so follow-up studies on, on this Mattoon project, and this is really exciting stuff, and seeing a big, big impact. Well, this has been a wonderful ex- time for me. I really appreciate you speaking with us today on EIU Innovate. You are definitely an EIU innovator on mm-hmm. campus, and I appreciate all you do, and uh, thank you for taking the time to speak. Yeah, thank you very much.